Hello, and welcome to the Bitcoin Butlers podcast. I am Mike Watkins, and with me, as always, is my good friend and business partner, Matt Burke. Hello. And in this episode, we are going to get into the first step of sovereign inheritance planning, which is to get a safe. And we know that getting started with inheritance planning can seem overwhelming, particularly at first. But like all great journeys, it begins with a first step. And we really try to make the first step here really easy, which is to simply get a safe. Now, you need to keep in mind that unlike traditional inheritance planning, if you have Bitcoin, you'll be storing both your will and one of the keys to your Bitcoin in your safe. In general, the rule is to buy the biggest safe possible and particularly look for one that can be bolted down to the floor, making it difficult for someone to remove from your property. That's right. And uh, that made me think of the uh, the recent show on Hulu, Pam and Tommy, talking about the uh, the famous Pam Anderson and Tommy Lee sex tape. And one of the first scenes in that show was how they got the tape was that the thief uh, broke into their house. And rather than breaking into the safe in the house, he removed the safe from the house, drove it out into the middle of nowhere and used a power saw to break off the door. Funny, funny. Yeah. And, and I think that highlights that point there, which is that people can get focused on fire and water resistance and what kind of bolts it has and what kind of lock is on it and, and sort of the features of the safe. But, but really if someone is looking to, if someone is looking to take what's in your safe, they don't want to come into your home and spend however much time it takes to open that up, whether they're using a power saw, whether they import a, a safe cracking expert from Portugal or whatever it may be. They want to get in and out of your house as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. And also when we start to think about some of the other features like you know fire and water resistance rating, None of those ratings really last a particularly long time. I think some of the fire ratings go for about an hour or so. Yeah, maybe two if it's a really big one, yeah. But realistically, if you do have a fire, uh, it's going to last probably more than two hours from the time it gets started till the time it's been put out. You would think so. If, if it's in a house, if... There's a good chance. How about this? There's a very good chance that if, God forbid, you have a fire in your house, uh, your safe will be destroyed. Right. And I think that's the, the point here. Is. Is it, some people can get obsessed with, you know, oh, I need a safe that's fireproof and waterproof. Well, if you're worrying about how long your safe can last in a fire, um, you've got way bigger problems than you're safe surviving a fire. So I don't, I think that while you want something that's big and secure, you don't want something that is going to be just unnecessarily um, fire rated when it's not really that practical of a consideration. Yeah. What, what, what I think is kind of interesting about the story that you just mentioned was that they didn't have their safe bolted down. If their safe was bolted down, it's almost impossible to remove from their property. And I don't think that guy with a power saw was going to bring a power saw into their property to try and crack it open or saw it open. Well, aside from the fact that there's certainly uh, artistic liberty being taken in the storytelling, and I don't know the details of, 
of the true story. Um, in the uh, in the episode where he steals the safe, yeah, he goes into the house and just takes the safe out on a on a dolly, basically. And um, that's another key thing, though. I would say bolting that safe to the floor in your house is one of the best ways to prevent it from from being broken into because if someone can't take it off of your property uh chances are they're not going to take the time to crack the safe inside of your house i think that's the last thing a criminal wants to do is to spend extra time inside your house they want to get in there get out of there if you have an alarm your alarm might be going off so i think that even though bitcoin butlers does not recommend what what's safe to get we don't really have any real recommendations people have to find whatever works for them. Obviously, someone living in a uh, a rented uh, a rented apartment somewhere doesn't have the, the ability necessarily to put bolts into the floor. And depending on what floor you live on, you can't put a you can't put a thousand pound safe on the 14th floor of a condo. <laughs> right? So you, you do have limitations. I think that the only recommendation I would make is to try and try and get the biggest one you possibly can. And, and the reason for the size is twofold. One, it gives you more room to put other things besides your will and Bitcoin keys. There are lots of things you can put in there, safe documents, et cetera. But it's just to make it really difficult to remove from your property. And while people think that you know, getting into a safe is impossible. The reality is it's not impossible. It's not even close to impossible. And someone can take on that show, you know, an electric saw and get in there, but there are other ways that people can get in there. Yeah. There are a lot of locksmiths that can get into most safes. Well, I think you actually bring up a really good point there, which, you know, there are a couple other things as far as getting the safe, which is that if you do have an issue with your safe and for whatever reason you can't get in let's just say you get hit in the head by two by four and you just cannot remember the combination to your safe for whatever reason you've got this weird amnesia on your combination if you contact a locksmith they can still get in there I, mm -hmm. I know that when i had you know when i had my safe installed and i had mine done professionally and i had it bolted down I was asking the installer about how they could get in there and couldn't get in there and what kind of locks were in there. Just curious person asking a lot of questions. And he made it clear to me they can get into anything and it wouldn't even take very long. And, and that's important to know for people that a locksmith can really be a great backup in case you do have an issue. Sure. And or if somebody, if something happens to you and, you know, whoever's trying to get into your safe, your heirs, your spouse, whatever, don't have the combination or they don't have it handy or they can't find it or whatever the case may be, then they have the ability to get help. That's right. And I like for people to look, you can, you can go onto Amazon or any other online store and, and order a safe in five minutes or so. They'll ship mm -hmm. it to you, probably have it in two, three days. It's very easy to do. I would, and I, and I don't think that's a bad idea. And I, I actually have two safes in my house. One I ordered online and one I, I bought professionally, but I think having a, buying a safe from a good locksmith or, or a professional lock, a professional safe seller that is local to you that can service it after the sale uh, can also be very beneficial. For sure.
And there are some other things that we can get into, which is, you know, if something does happen to you and your heirs, for whatever reason, can't get into your safe, uh, if they know where that safe was purchased and that lock, you know, that locksmith knows that type of safe, they can easily get in there, but they can also do something that I didn't know about until fairly recently, which is that if you want to change the combination on your safe, whether it's a dial safe or a digital safe, like let's just say someone got the combination to your safe that you didn't want them to. Maybe you had a falling out with, with one of your trusted people, which is something we'll get into later. You know, so there's some, your safe is your safe combination has been compromised in some way. A, a high quality safe can be, can have the combination changed by a locksmith. Mm-hmm. And that can be really beneficial later. Well, maybe one other thing I was going to ask you your thoughts on is uh, you want the combination to your safe accessible to the right people. So how do you keep that combination stored other than in your head? Well, there are a couple of ways and it depends on where it's going. So if it was to your spouse and the safe is on your property, your spouse should have the combination to the safe. Absolutely. There's, there's no reason for your spouse not to. Two people need to get in there. And we also use our safe for things besides our will and uh, keys to Bitcoin. And actually, that stuff takes up probably some of the least amount of space in our safe. We put yeah, some medications. Yeah, I, I was going to say my other my other question was maybe let's talk about things besides your will and your Bitcoin hardware devices that, uh, that you might keep in a safe. I mean, the things that pop into my mind are, um, you know, I have I have some coins, I have um, I have important documents other than my will. I have birth certificates, passports, um, kids, social security cards, that kind of thing. What else? What else do you think uh, might go in there? You're mentioning medicine is a good one. Yeah, we keep medications in there. I mean, it's for two reasons. One, we don't want, we want to keep it in a safe place in case we need it. But uh, we don't want, you don't want small children or pets or anyone to get into your medication. So if there's something that's a particularly important medication and one that you're not taking every day, we keep that in our safe. We keep uh, all of our important documents are in there. So like life insurance, any, mm -hmm. any paperwork that comes with things we put in there. We're also storing, I can't get into too many details, but you know, we're, you know, we have other family members back up wills in our safe. Sure. And it's just a great thing to have. It's a great thing to have in your home. And I found that over time I, I'm coming to depend on it more and more to the point where I end up buying another safe just to keep extra things. Mm -hmm. And we, I think it's also worth addressing here why a safe is the recommended place to keep a will. You know, there are, there are people that have this idea, particularly to keep a will in a safety deposit box. Right. And that's one of the worst places you can keep a will. It, it might not be a bad place to keep a backup will, but uh, one of the problems with getting into uh, a safe deposit box is that 
only certain people are allowed to have access and you're also relying on a third party to give you access. So let's just say there was something you wanted with, uh, well, let's, let's just say that you wanted to get to, let's say you did keep your will in a safe deposit box at a bank. You can only get to it during banking hours. Mm -hmm. And then depending on how that is set up, your heirs may or may not be able to get to that box. Usually they will, they will not be able to get to that box unless they are already on the agreement. So for instance, Right. So you get into this chicken and egg situation a lot of times. And if you don't already have them as someone that has access to that safe deposit box, which you may not want while you're alive, um, you know, the situation I see is that most banks will only let the executor of the will get into the safe deposit box. But the executor of the will is established through an original copy of the will. And if that's in the safe deposit box, then you're in this loop of, uh, you know, not being able to identify yourself as the person who's authorized to get in. Right. And I I'm surprised by how many times we've had this discussion. And the answer is when we ask someone, where do you keep your will? The answer is a safe deposit box. And then mm -hmm. the follow-up question is, well, who can get in there? And then you realize that their spouse can't get in there. That's only them on the agreement. It's really, it's really not advisable to keep it there. In fact, I would consider it usually a mistake to keep it there unless you're keeping just a backup copy there. Right. Well, what about what other places do people tell us that they uh, where they keep their will that, you know, the, the common answers. And I will say a safe and, you know, the answer to the question, where do you store your will is one of the first things we ask people when we're starting to talk about their sovereign inheritance plan. And I would say maybe one out of 10 people have it in a safe less than that, you know, 5%. But, you know, some of the other common answers we hear are, uh, all across the board and uh, drawers, cabinet drawers are very common. Oh, it's in a, it's in my file cabinet. It's in my underwear drawer. <laughs> the, the worst one I heard recently was a friend of mine. Uh, he definitely has, obviously has a will. He's a very responsible person. And I asked him, do you have a safe? And he said, yeah, I have a safe. Well, do you keep your will in there? No, I don't know how to use the safe. We've never used it. We bought it, never used it. So I keep my will in like a, a box with some other documents. Yeah, that's, um, that's not going to serve you well in a uh, complicated emergency. But I do think that, and I know we're going to get into, as part of the, the sovereign inheritance planning, we do go deeper into making sure your will is kept in the appropriate place. But I think for, for step number one, get a safe. The, the idea that we had when we designed this was to give people a first step that they could do in a matter of minutes, maybe days. And I don't mean days working on, I mean, you know, if you want to buy a safe on Amazon or from one of the online sellers, it'll take you however long it takes you to research it. Let's just say it's 10 minutes. You can press a button on your phone or your computer and in a couple of days, like I said before, you'll have it. And you can feel, you'll know that out of the 14 needed steps to create a really robust inheritance plan, 
that you've taken step number one. That's and, right. and that gets you on your journey. You've already taken that, you know, you, you've already gotten started on this. You're already doing something that is going to protect you more than you would have been protected before you had it. Right. And it's a critical can... piece of the puzzle. And, and when you get into the different steps of the sovereign inheritance plan, a lot of them go back to the fact that you need to have a safe where you can keep certain things. Um, and that goes for not, you know, obviously wills and hardware keys for your Bitcoin if, if you own Bitcoin, but there are other documents that are part of your sovereign inheritance plan that also belong in your safe. Correct. So with that, I don't think that we need to, to keep going with this much more because the first step is supposed to be particularly simple. So with that, uh, Bitcoin butlers can help you with uh, a number of items. We can help you find the right place to buy Bitcoin. We can help you determine the correct way or most appropriate way for you to store Bitcoin. And we can help you transfer that to a multi-sig solution. We obviously, uh, our, uh, our specialty is obviously inheritance planning, and we can help you create a customized plan that fits best for your lifestyle and your family dynamics. We can help you build a node or we can build a node for you. We can help you get a node. We can set up, help you set up a watch only wallet and we can help with your yearly maintenance. So Matt, if you don't mind, can you tell people where they can reach us, please? Sure. Um, our website, btcbutlers.com. Um, Twitter at BTC Butlers. You can email us at info at btcbutlers.com. Uh, our DMs are also open on Twitter. Uh, if you are enjoying this content, please subscribe to our YouTube channel or any of the other podcast services that you might be hearing this on. And um, we'd love to hear from you. And we would love to uh, help you put your Bitcoin best practices in place, uh, including your buying storage and sovereign inheritance planning. Excellent. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. Be well.